Reconstructionist Radio presents a War Room production, Once Dead, where brothers and sisters in the faith share God's grace upon their lives, how they were once spiritually dead in their trespasses and sins, but are now kingdom-driven by the grace of God so undeserved. My name is Jack Campbell, and I was once dead. This is a story for the road. The following is a true story, a story that is humorous, adventurous, and utterly life-changing. It begins on a cold February morning in 1969, the day I began serving my sentence or tour of duty with the United States Marine Corps. 1969 was a dangerous year for many young men in America, for the Vietnam War was raging. Now, I can hear some of you enlightened ones saying, why in the world would you want to do something as insane as joining the Marines, especially when at this time most of them were assured of going straight to Vietnam? Good question. My own honest but seemingly mad response was, Vietnam is one of the reasons I want to join the Corps. You see, on the surface, I wanted to join the very best fighting force in the world in order to fight for freedom and kill some communists. You know, those freedom-denying God-haters who only later did I find out were simply more honest and open than I was in their rebellion. That answer I gave then. Only later did I find out that there was a more sinister and deeper reason I joined the Corps. This can be summarized in one word, rebellion, or in spiritual terms, cosmic treason. You see, I was about to be drafted by the Army. I thought to myself, huh, you're not going to tell me what to do. I'll show you. I'll join the Marines. <laughs> Only the logic of a rebel could come up with that one. But my rebellion didn't occur in a vacuum. This was the age of Aquarius. I was living in the freedom of the 60s. I wasn't a hippie, but I was just as rebellious, for I used the so-called freedom to, quote, smoke, drink, chew, and go with girls that do, unquote. However, Something began to trouble me during my last year of high school. My friends and I were exercising this freedom to its limits, and yet we were bored. Life just wasn't exciting enough. We would usually end each late night out with words something to the effect of, Boy, this is a dead town. There is nothing to do. I couldn't explain this growing emptiness in my life until many years later when I found the answer in the wise words of St. Augustine, quote, You made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you, unquote. But in 1969, I did not know this truth. 
And I did not know that this freedom was a false freedom. The kind of freedom a junkyard dog has when collared by a long chain. Little did I know that at the end of this chain was the very enemy of my soul. This kind of freedom provided the perfect climate for me to get into a lot of trouble. It began with my parents and progressed to the teachers, police, and climaxed with the United States Marine Corps. And this brings us back to that cold day in February 1969, my first official day in the Corps. It was here my life was going to be changed forever, beginning with a salty old gunnery sergeant and a Bible. Now, if you are thinking, you will be asking yourself right now, what in the world does a salty gunnery sergeant have to do with the Bible? Well, listen on. This was just the beginning of several amusing, adventurous, and utterly life-changing events that I was about to experience. You see, on this first day in the Marines, I was about to learn one of the many important lessons on instant obedience and of the unfathomable workings of a holy, merciful, and sovereign God the one who is in complete control of everything. Here I was, minding my own business, standing in line, so that I may receive the items that were to go into my new sea bag, you know, saving gear, cigarettes, and even a Gideon Bible. Now, some of you may not know about the Gideons, but the Gideons are a non-profit organization comprised of businessmen who distribute Bibles free of charge. At this time, you also need a little break in the story because you need to grasp the significance of what I'm about to tell you at this point in the story. And you must know two things about me during this period of my life. First, at this time of my life, I did not consider myself a religious type at all. I thought the Bible and the religion associated with the Bible was only for women, children, and wimpy, sissified men. Only later did I find out that real men not only eat quiche, but they also read their Bible. Second, even though I was a rebellious rascal, I considered myself an honest rascal and therefore would not take something I knew I would not use. So, when this old gunnery sergeant gave me this Bible, I politely gave it back to him. Within a seeming nanosecond, this gunnery sergeant had jumped across the table and was now only millimeters from my face, with his jugular veins bulging, yelling at the top of his voice, You maggot, you! Well, I'm going to admit the stream of expletives he used with maggot, but you get the point. He said, I gave you this Bible, you take it. And, of course, he added more expletives and get the expletives out of here. <laughs> Looking back on this event, I learned two important lessons. First, in the Marines, you never underestimate the negative consequences of delayed obedience. And, two, in God's universe, you never underestimate the power and mystery 
of a holy, merciful, sovereign God, the one true God who can use anything or anyone in order to get your attention and communicate to the very depths of your soul the realities of life and the certainty of death. Which, by the way, were subjects I was going to think a lot about in the next couple of months as I prepared to go to Vietnam. Life in the Marines and the Bible was about to change my life forever. However, the biggest change occurred a year and a half later on Okinawa, a small island in the South Pacific that Marines used at that time as a transit station between the United States and Vietnam. It was here I found out that I was being sent back to Vietnam. The news hit me like a ton of bricks because I had already spent nine months in the Nam and was told I had orders cut to go home and to be honorably discharged for my tour of duty was almost completed. Long hours of thinking and soul-searching followed this news of going not to the States but back to Vietnam. This was also the first time I seriously read the Bible. Yes, the same Gideon's Bible that over a year ago I received from God's unsuspecting evangelist, that old salty gunnery sergeant. This Bible reading and an honest assessment of reality forced me to see three truths about my life. First, I was not the independent, free person I thought I was. I did not want to go back to Vietnam, yet here I was doing exactly what I did not want to do, going back to Vietnam. Two, that's something missing. That's something missing. I first noticed in high school had grown. And number three, looking in retrospect, At my last nine months in Vietnam, I realized I may not come back this time. The prospect of death was very real. My thinking intensified. My soul-searching and Bible-reading continued. As I earnestly read the Bible and found some very frightening statements, but I also found comfort as I learned about God's way to freedom peace, and hope. What was the frightening truth? (laughs) The frightening truth was that most of my problems came from only one source, me. I discovered that my disobedience to God was not only cosmic treason, it was also like trying to fly an F-4 Phantom jet under the Pacific Ocean using salt water as jet fuel. My rebellion, which the Bible calls sin, was just as burdensome and destructive to me as the Pacific Ocean is to a fighter plane. And just as salt water doesn't give power and life to an F-4 jet, but instead corrodes and brings death to its engines, so too was sin in my life. I discovered the Bible teaches in many ways that, quote, The wages of sin is death, unquote. I also found that I was not alone, for the Bible clearly stated, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. However, the most memorable of all these frightening truths was the fact that, quote, 
A man is destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment, unquote. I knew that if these statements were true, I was certainly in big trouble, for I sensed increasingly that I was what the Bible calls a sinner, one who has disobeyed or rebelled against God. However, during this time, I also found several comforting truths. I found that though my sin and its penalty is great, God is greater. For I discovered in the Bible that God sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place. I learned that Jesus alone paid the great penalty I owed because of my sins. It was also revealed to me through the Scriptures that this was a gift, and I could not add one thing to increase its value. The scripture, again, clearly tells us he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy, so that by his grace, he might become, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. I also learned that I was fully responsible to do what God commands, that is, to turn from my sins and to place my faith in Jesus Christ alone for the forgiveness of my sins. I discovered later that even in this action of repentance and faith, God was at work, giving me both the desire and the ability to obey Him. So, by His grace, I repented of my sin and placed my faith in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. However, this is not the end of my story. It is really only the beginning. To my joy and sometimes great surprise, my life gradually began to change. First, I discovered that true freedom is not doing what I want to do, but having the power to do what I was created to do. I learned that Jesus Christ is the truth, and only the truth will set you free. Second, I found that something missing in my life was gone, and in its place was peace. This peace was present because Jesus was present. My resurrected King was now reigning in my heart by means of His Holy Spirit, calming my fears and giving me His peace. As He told us, I have told you these things so that in me you might have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. What comforting words our Lord Jesus has given us. But please realize, this peace was not in my life because of a decrease in conflicts. Quite the contrary. My internal conflicts were actually increasing as I gradually began to see the polluting effects of sin and the purifying effects of God's utter holiness. No, this peace and hope was present because Jesus Christ was present. Again, the scripture tells us, God has chosen to make known the glorious riches of his mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. This hope was especially evident in my next change, a change that allowed me to go back to Vietnam, not fearing death. I learned that, quote, he who is afraid of death will never learn to live. 
I found that I could know for certain before I died that all my sins were forgiven and that I would go straight to heaven if, in fact, I did die. I know this because of what Jesus Christ did for me by his life, death, and resurrection. The scriptures tell us, for Christ died for sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. It was Jesus himself who said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, this story is not really over. In the last 30 years, I have labored in the field of medicine as a pastor and now as a missionary. And I have felt the pain and grief that only death brings, including the death of my second child. Yet, because of my King and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, I am still experiencing true freedom, peace, and hope. Now, those of you who are listening to me now, if your heart has been stirred by this story, I would love to hear from you. But even better, let God hear from you. In prayer right now, I urge you to talk to him, to come to God in repentance and faith. For he, quote, richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But... Whatever you do, make no mistake. Your hearing of this story was no accident. My name is Jack Campbell. And now, by God's grace, I am alive, Christ-centered, and kingdom-driven. May God bless you.
The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce, including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit reconstructionistradio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.